All right, here we go. It's Thursday, October 3rd, 2019. This is the Ball and Beer Show, episode number 31. We should actually be quite a bit farther along than this, but we've had a quite the hiatus but we are back now hopefully we can maybe do this more but uh, yeah. hey we'll do it when we can and uh welcome back ty yeah i feel like a lot of people that have been listening to the podcast have been asking hey what are you guys coming back on the air and we just keep putting it off and putting it off but uh finally made made some time to get together and excited to be here it's definitely long overdue yeah and as always we want to start getting more people back involved and stuff like that you got the number they can call uh leave a message for the people yeah 773-357-7201 it's the same number that we've always had uh we did send out a tweet so if you guys are still following us on social media at the ball and beer show on twitter uh feel free to tweet us dm us or leave us a voicemail and we will read your questions and give you our thoughts this uh we are starting back up our 5 a.m basketball league so at the end of this episode there will be a 5 a.m podcast so if you're here for that uh just go and and you don't you're not don't have time to listen to the rest and you're looking for the 5 a.m it is at the end of this podcast so we'll, um, we'll try to get a time stamp there too. we'll try to in the details we'll try to give you guys a timestamp to know when to fast forward but if you want to listen to the whole thing we'd love for you guys to to listen and, and join in so let's talk a little bit will about the buzz and we got to start we got to start this off with the bears um i was going through and i just pulled up one of our old sheets that we kind of work off of here and uh it said bears win khalil mack is great again the defense is great and our offense is once again uh showing signs of maturity but still big question marks so i feel like a lot of that is still, still accurate <laughs> we're still in the same boat khalil mack is still great our defense has been awesome uh, but what are your thoughts so far on the Bears? And uh, we're going to get into some other. I mean, you could argue well. that the Bears defense is deeper than it has been in a long, long time. I mean, this week we had Rokon Smith out, we had Hakeem Hicks. Hicks out, and they did not miss a beat. I mean, honestly, you could even say that it looked even better last week than it has before. I mean, he, obviously we want Roquan back, and we'll talk about him coming up and Hakeem as well, but. Kwiatkowski and Williams, I believe. That was Williams, right? Number 95 or something like that. Um, had an awesome game. I mean, it, this defense is absolutely unreal. And I kind of, once again, as always, as a Bears fan, you feel bad for them because they're on the field so much. Right. And, like, they're tired, you know, just like the end of the Redskins game whenever um, all that happened. But still um, – I have a great outlook on the Bears, even though our offense is what it is. Uh, it definitely sucks that Trubisky went down. Um, for I mean, I don't think Chase is going to be that much different than Trubisky. I think he'll be a great game manager. I don't think it's going to cause it much hurt, but long term, it definitely hurts. Yeah, I agree. I think you know, just definitely kudos to Ryan Pace and his team for for making this defense as to what it is. Um, you know, I think the offense had has. Had the Trubisky pick turned out, we would have been we'd be set up on both sides of the ball. Yeah, fantastic. No, it'd so be kudos, kudos to him. I definitely think the defense is going to keep us in a lot of the games, and I don't think it's just a hot start. I think they're just that good. They put up a stat of the you know 2019 Bears against the 1985 uh, the Bear team for the Super Bowl, and this te- this team's defense through four games or three games that they showed was better. Yeah, so that's crazy to think about. At, and they've gone against. Not the most potent offenses, but we're going to continue to see what they're made of, and 
they're going to keep us in almost every game. Let me ask you this. I believe that offense is – I think every other piece pretty much is there. But here's something I think that you disagree about. I believe that Allen Robinson is a clear-cut number one wide receiver – and I don't think you bl- think he's a number one. Uh, he's on my fantasy team as my number three. So am, am uh, I am I mistaken? <clears throat> is that Matt? No, I like Allen Robinson. Uh, I've never I've never been anti Allen okay. Robinson. Okay, I'm, I must be mistaken. I thought we had an argument about that one time. Must have been somebody else. But uh, I think Allen Robinson is a clear cut well, number one, an inarguable number one. I don't know if this offense is going to support a number one receiver because we can't throw the ball. But it did seem like that's what yeah, I know. That's what that's what sucks. Yeah, Chase Daniels did do a great job. But let's let's. Let's talk a little bit about him and Trubisky. And, you know, obviously I was hoping that Trubisky would take everybody said the second year that a quarterback is in the new system, the good offensive system, they take a big step forward. Yeah. I hadn't seen it yet through the first three weeks, and I was hoping that he'd settle in. He showed some signs, I guess, in week three. He's completed like 80-some percent of his passes, not many of them downfield. But I was hoping that he would be able to build off of this. I think this this injury is definitely going to – well, let me ask you. Everything I've seen, they haven't given like a clear timeline or anything like that. Do you have any? I mean, with your expertise, do you have any knowledge of? Yeah. You know, they talk about playing with a brace. I mean, what what are we looking yeah, at so here realistically? La- so a labral tear is basically everybody knows the shoulders, a ball and socket joint. The labrum is actually the soft tissue that kind of goes around the 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 joint there to help give it some suction and some stability. Yeah. Uh, so if you tear your labrum. It's not like you tear your ACL. Like if you tear your ACL, that thing is gone. The labrum actually goes all the way around that ball and socket joint. So depending on where the tear is and how big it is, all of those tears and all those injuries are different. So again, you know, it's tough for us to say. It, the 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 labrum also, like I said, it helps provide some suction, but also it's kind of like a tube sock that fits all the way around your calf. If you stretch it out, that stability is going to be gone. And to what degree, we don't know. Could, so. Explain to me because I'm trying to ha- grasp why is it for him to catch the ball on the snap like whenever the center's uh, center's uh, quarterback exchange is that where the issue would come in because no, it's not I mean, on his throwing arm. It's not a throwing arm, but sometimes your shoulder can be so unstable. Even if you run or if he were to move directions, if you have such a big tear in your sh- in your labrum and maybe other you know ligaments in his shoulder, it could be so unstable that just a quick movement or doing you know getting his hand above his head, if he were to reach for something or have to gotcha. try to move something, okay, yeah. his shoulder can pop out. That makes and sense. same thing if he's uh, even if he I've even seen like. Uh, like uh, a baseball batter who goes with their front shoulder because this is Trubisky's front shoulder. I've seen a baseball hitter go to take a check swing, kind of want to do a movement and stop. He didn't even really move his arm, but just the force of him moving his body weight forward and stopping was enough for that shoulder to pop out. Wow! So for him as a quarterback, for him to shift and move, if it's that unstable, which they probably right now are just working on pain management, getting his motion and his strength back, we have to figure out where he's at there, but then we have to – put him in some functional tests and see if he has any apprehension if like it's feeling like it's going to pop out and we're not going to know that until he starts to do some things so i yeah even so even if they did put that brace or whatever it on him you know his accuracy is not great as it is with nothing on i can't imagine that would help it much yeah most of the braces are to prevent bringing your arm up over your head because that's the that's the that's the position that typically you would re-dislocate so he's not going to be doing a lot of that so the brace really is just kind of keeping things you know stable and protected he when you have like a lineman or a defensive player you can get it so that they can only go into so much 
movement. I don't think they're going to give him that sort of brace. I think they're just going to give him kind of a brace that just kind of hugs it and limits it a little bit. But for him being an overhead athlete, even though it's his non-throwing shoulder, you want him to have the ability to to move it pretty much how he needs to. Impossible task, but give us your insane guess of what the timeline will be. When will he? Come, when will we see him again? Earliest. Well, uh, I when I first saw it, I mean, again, I thought they would opt for surgery and he might be done. Uh, but I think maybe four to six weeks. Four to six. We're gonna give him. A, I think they're gonna give him a. a you know, they're gonna kind of work into. But same thing. I don't know how big his his tear is. If it's very small, you can dislocate. And typically, a lot of times, I've even heard like the first time you dislocate your shoulder, especially as it's your franchise quarterback, you want them immobilized completely for four weeks. Okay. Now, not that doesn't happen all the time, but I think with your number two pick in the draft, I think they might immobilize him for for that long, and then they'll try to quickly see where he's at after that. Just because you want things to kind of heal back down, and you want you don't want that shoulder to become unstable that you have to have surgery. And not every labral tear has to have surgery. Again, it depends on where it's at and how it affects his functionality. All right, yeah, we'll it's see. good to know. I, I think everybody's going to enjoy listening to that because I didn't know any of that. So, <laughs> well, that being said. What does Chase Daniel do for us? Is he okay? He I mean, looked better. He looked I, better I, than Trubisky. To he be honest, was hitting but. some passes, fairly accurate. I mean, I think there's gonna. Be, I don't think there's uh, any improvement. Yeah. Do you? I mean, I mean, we're gonna. The offense is gonna change. The play calling is gonna change. I don't think we're gonna have a ton of deep balls or anything it, like that. It was. But. It was also interesting to me just to watch Trubisky versus Daniels, where Trubisky's like putting his hands over his ears and like listening to to everything that yeah. um, you know co- that Coach Nagy's telling him and. You see Chase Daniels go out there, and he's making audibles, he's making reads, and he's doing some of the stuff on his own. True. I know he's a veteran, and maybe it just speaks to where the two quarterbacks are, but maybe he gives us a better chance because, and again, I don't want to talk him up too much because he's been a career-long backup forever, but he is getting paid pretty well for a backup. So my expectations are kind of high because he's getting paid pretty decent money, and he's been around for a while. So, so you're you know, thinking that we open the playbook playbook up even more just because of the knowledge base. Yeah, I mean, I'm, and maybe it's just him and Trubisky's you know, different – you know, st- you know, styles. Trubisky was throwing a lot of the checkdowns and the short routes. A couple of the replays I've seen, Trubisky had guys wide open that he just didn't throw it to. Well, maybe Chase Daniel's going to see that read and, and get rid of it to the to the right guy. So I agree. We'll see. I agree. Uh, after week, after this week, uh, we're four games in. A quarter of the season's crazy already. Uh, I'm feeling good. I really am. I mean, we just. I know Kirk Cousins. Should have beat the Packers. Is, Kirk Cousins is uh, not a great quarterback, but we we looked pretty good against the Vikings, and Vikings are going to be a, win a lot of games this yeah. year. Uh, Predictions should have beat the Packers. I I I'm still on the ten. I mean, this was never recorded on the podcast, but I I think we're going to win ten games this year, six losses. Uh, we're going to be in the playoffs. I mean, the North is tough. We have a, we don't have an easy schedule. We get we're the Lions to, almost were four and zero headed to London. Um, play the Raiders this week which I like us winning that game um, but Raiders aren't I mean Raiders I think could we we can't take them lightly this week I think they could come out and beat us but uh, we'll see what do you think uh, I agree I think we're gonna win at least 10 games I don't see I don't see us losing a whole a whole lot of games as long as you know as long as our defense can put up you know, almost, you know, almost like 18 points, 17 points. Mm-hmm. I feel like our defense is that good. But uh, I think definitely playoff team. And I think that Trubisky's going to try to get right at the right time. And, you know, hopefully we can, uh, you know, uh, make it at least to the NFC Championship game. I think that's a good goal this year Agreed. with this defense. 
I mean, I think, yeah, I agree. It's tough to say we're a Super Bowl team with Chase Daniels as a quarterback, but we were a Super Bowl team with Rex Grossman as a quarterback. We're, so. we're going to get into it. We do have a caller that called in, so we're going to get into our power rankings about yeah. where we have the Bears. Um, that might help give us a little bit of predictions. But just real quick, while we're also talking about the NFL, thoughts on Antonio Brown? I know his circus show continues, and he's back in school. Are we going to see him ever again this year or in the future in the NFL? We're not seeing him this year, that's for sure. He, I saw something pop up either yesterday or today. I can't remember that that he hasn't even been cooperating with the NFL. He hasn't talked to him at all, come in, anything like that. So he's not cooperating with the investigation. You had him uh, one of your fantasy teams? I, yeah, he was my third pick, I think, uh, which sucked, screwed me over. Uh, now my team is not just because of him, but other factors have come into play. My team is in shambles. Um, but he's I, I don't have much to say about Antonio Brown. He's a clown show. I wouldn't want him on my team. I would don't care to ever see him again right he's, he's just he's a joke yeah interesting Scoggs was on it from uh when he we were watching the uh, hard knocks and he's like i just can't stand antonio brown he's yeah just awful so we'll see i i definitely uh don't know how he survived in pittsburgh for so long uh but it was definitely entertaining to say the least but let's get into some of the let's get into the week five action uh you know i, I know mitch uh, 80s action was the thing of the past and i feel like a lot of people like to listen to our thoughts and we're going to talk a little bit about some of the key matchups uh, that, for- that was fun last year i appreciate everybody participating that didn't work out like we wanted but yeah. hell we came down to the wire it was that we- purdue game last year and all that that was fun we were up and <laughs> we were up and down and uh i think we could potentially, if we get rolling, and we could maybe do something similar. I know Kess and I have a little bit of a conglomerate. We did well on our own last year, uh, and we're currently up a you know, few units. So you know, take take our opinions with a grain of salt. But I want each of us to pick. I'm going to paint some cases, but then I want uh, these are probably some of the marquee matchups in Week Five. I want both of us to say which side of the line we want to be on. So we're going to start with Thursday Night Football because it's Thursday. Uh, the Rams are uh, one point underdogs at Seattle. Uh, just to me, it feels like a shootout. Uh, I feel like both teams can put up some points. Uh, Seattle's 17-2 and two under Pete Carroll in primetime at home, uh, and they're 8-1 and one on Thursday night football games. So that seems to me, I know how tough they are at home, seems to me that you know maybe would, would favor uh, Seattle. But mm-hmm. the Rams have won the last three matchups in the series. Uh, so if you had to pick... The Rams or the or the Seahawks. This one's Thursday easy. Night. This one is easy for me, man. I do not like the Rams this year. They really? have not, I do not like the Rams this year. To me, they haven't looked good. They can't get anybody to show up to their home games. I mean, they're just they're just a joke of a team right now. I feel like. I mean, I know they're coming off the Super Bowl appearance and everything, but for me, this Super is Bowl easy. hangover is real. Yeah, Seattle in this one, I think they win by a touchdown or more. Honestly, give me the minus one of Seattle. Give me Russ. Give me give me. Uh, Chris Carson, uh, Carson, DK Metcalf, I, I tell Metcalf, you what, man, he, oh, he's gonna be good. Could be, could be. He's got, he's got to learn how to run routes, but he's damn fast and he's big. Uh, I, I get the feeling you like the Rams. I kind of do like the Rams, Whoa. but but I'm going with Seattle. I think they got their running game under control. I think a little bit of the weather is gonna play a factor. If it's rainy, Chris Carson's had fumble issues. Uh, he got back on track last week, but Jadavion Clowney at home in prime time. Yeah. I think he's healthy. I think he gives them a nice pass rush um, that is going to cause problems. But the Rams are just loaded on offense. You know, it's been a you know up and down. We don't know what Todd Gurley's going to show up each week, and they've you know yep. they, they obviously have great great receivers in Cooper Cup, Woods, and uh, Cooks. So I'm going to go with Seattle, and we'll see where we see where we turn out. 
right. the next the next game that I want to talk about is the Bucks plus three and a half at uh, New Orleans Saints. Tampa's zero and two at home, and like I said, this game is at New Orleans, but they're two and zero on the road. So they're uh, road dogs this year. Uh, week four, the Bucks had a explosion of points. Um, and Teddy Bridgewater has shown that he's been pretty capable uh, for the Saints with Drew Brees going down, and their defense has also been um, outstanding. So this is, a, for me, it's the opposite. I I don't think that the Bucks offense, anytime that you have that big explosion, sometimes it regresses back. So I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. Mirage. I think that, that Bucks win last week was a, a definite mirage. They are not that good of a team. Uh, and the Saints, I believe, as you will see later, are – one of the best teams. Ooh. One of the best teams. They are doing what they're doing right now with Teddy B, little Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Drew Brees is coming back this year. Um, all they got to do is win a couple games, not lose lose it. And that team, that offense specifically, is just still unreal. Uh, and I think this game they're going to handle the Bucks easy. I mean, Jameis Winston did look good last week. I will give you that. That's the first game I've ever seen him look real look like he's a true NFL quarterback in. But I still think the Saints handle them in the dome. I'm going to say not so fast, my friend. Oh. I'm going with the Bucks. We can't agree on on all these games. I'm going to go with the Bucks plus three and a half. Uh, Jameis did look great last week, and the Bucks have had two of the top five receivers in the game. Everybody knows Mike Evans, but Chris Godwin has been a beast. Yeah. Uh, so. Same thing, talk about hangovers and mirages. The Saints and all of New Orleans just got up last week for a home game against the Cowboys. I think the Bucks are riding high a little bit off last week, and sometimes they do settle back, but they've been road dogs this year. So give me the Bucks plus the points. And Teddy Bridgewater, for me, I still watch him, and just when I see him run or do anything athletic, my knee hurts. Thanks his knee, yeah. <laughs> for me, it still looks like he's got a little bit of a limp. I don't know if that's just my eye or how, what his normal gait pattern is, but I still think he's limping. Even if he ended up ends up going down, they still have Tyson. Tyson is it Tyson, Tyson or Hill? Tyson? I don't know Tyson Hill, but yeah. uh, they still have him coming in with Kamara Thomas. I mean, they got the, every possible weapon you want, and I think they're going to be no problem problem for the buck or the Bucks are going to be no problem for them. Okay, last game will go quickly here. We get on some other topics, but uh, Packers are plus three and a half at Dallas. Zeke's coming off an awful game against the Saints. The second fewest rushing yards of his career with 35. And the Packers have given up the seventh most rushing yards in the league. Uh, the Cowboys have lost seven of eight games to Green Bay. Dallas comes off a disappointing loss to the Saints. They come home uh, and they go against the Packers. Three and a half points. Pick a side. Me? You want me to pick? I'm going to go. I'm going to put me on the spot. Uh, man, I... I gotta think that um, Dallas bounces back. I think I think that Dallas has to bounce back off of that awful loss. And no chance. I think that I think that Zeke is going to run the ball down the Packers' throats at home. Give me the road dog all day. <laughs> Those three and a half are looking nice. The Packers are the real deal this year. Their defense year. has been great too. Their defense has been awesome. Rodgers is back. Uh, Packers do scare me quite a bit, even though we looked good against them. Um, Dallas is in shambles as always. I mean, they're they have no team chemistry. If you ask me, um, that that game, like you, the, the game back. like you said against the Saints on Sunday Night Football was just a weird game all around. Um, they did not look good. Actually, it's kind of killing my previous statement because the Saints didn't look great either. But still, um, give me the Packers. I I love all three of these games so much. My picks that 
I, I got to get back and I got to. We'll, we'll, we'll get a, we'll get a tweet out. Will's on. We're both on Seattle. I like the Bucks. Will likes the Saints. And then I got the Cowboys, and Will's got the Packers. So we'll see how we turn out. Uh, week one back into. Uh, oh, and Mitch did sheepishly text in a pick. He likes the Bears uh, minus five and a half in London. I do. I like that. I too. can't yeah. talk about the next thing. I'm going to defer to Mitch. To Will. Uh. Well. Cardinals are back in the playoffs. NL Central champs. Yeah. What do you think about that? I was I getting mean, tired of winning. Woo! I was getting tired of winning. It feels good. It, it's been a long time coming, I will say. We've missed the playoffs for the last three years. I cannot wait to watch playoff baseball again with some rooting interest. Uh, what a weird year for the Cardinals. I mean, I feel like I say this at the end of every year, how weird of a year it is, but this was just insanely weird. I just That's all I can say. The... The way the season started, the first third of the season, we were the best team in baseball. Then we just completely, completely imploded. Or then we were like the worst team in baseball all the way up till about five games into the – not literally the worst team, but we were way down there. Also, everybody was bad-mouthing because they didn't make any moves. I was, was getting there. That. And then there was zero moves made when we needed um, another bat in the lineup. I still believe that, and we needed another starter. Um, somehow the team rallied together and, you know, Jack Flaherty had a Cy Young second half. That was just unbelievable. He's been the pitcher of the month for the last two months. The beast. Um, just been absolutely unreal. But anyways, we are in the central or we are in the NLDS against the Braves. The Braves do scare me. Um, Soroka and Acuna. They got, they got some bats. Freeman. Um, but and we got we got Miklas going game one. I know we, he had to make that – probably had to make that move. I would have liked Hudson instead of Miklas there. But Miklas has the experience, I guess. You know, he's an older player. Um, doesn't necessarily have the playoff experience, but he has the experience of pitching more games. And then we're going to go with Jack in game two. We can't go Jack in game one because we had to pitch him on Sunday just to make sure we got into the play – or to win the division. Um Hudson, they said, is going to be available out of the pin for both games, so I don't know really what that means if he's definitely not pitching game three. I don't know who we're going to see, if we're going to see Wainwright or what. But that's, um, their big, that's their top three guys, Hudson, Nicholas, and Flaherty? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, well, Wayno's actually been really good. I could, I, I could see – I could see, like, it's always crazy that when the playoffs start, you know, Jack Flaherty's been a beast and seeing him maybe go on short rest, I don't know how, the, how all the games are going to work out. But maybe go Mikolas or Jax Flaherty's going game two. Yeah. Have him go game two, five, and seven or something crazy. Well, I mean, the him. first game. Or two, five. two and five. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can see that, definitely. Yeah, if we need it. Um, he's a young guy. He's been known to throw uh, a lot of pitches in, in game and still not get tired. So it was just see how, how they want to use him, how our offense – I mean, the, the key is going to be how our offense shows up because they either like to put up t- 10 runs or one run, well, seems like. Goldschmidt's – this is probably some of his first playoff baseball. So right, And it's been his, one of his – I mean, seems like one of his worst years ever – Batting. I mean, he, I there's like no he way he, up some, he, yeah, kind of, but he, he can't be as bad as he was in the regular season, I think. But, um, I, I like the position we're coming in. Nobody is talking about the Cardinals at all. Um, so yeah, it, I, I, I'm excited to watch playoff baseball again. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know if the Cardinal fans are more excited that the Cardinals are in the playoffs or that the Cubs aren't. I feel like, well, I feel, I, I feel like, I feel like so much celebrating. That Cardinal fans could have just been excited about the Cardinals making the playoffs, but they always have to throw the hate back at the Cubs. And I feel like 
Maybe the first year the Cubs beat the Cardinals head-to-head. Maybe that was me. But maybe years on down the line, I don't think I tortured you guys. Well, I don't think I ever said anything. The only thing that I said, mentioned was that was a pretty nice little sweep there towards the end of the season, oh, last not, week of the season. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying this year. I'm saying not you specifically, but Cardinal fans in general go out of their ways to troll the Cubs fans. But I'm asking you, when the Cubs were in the playoffs for the few years – I feel like I didn't bug you guys about the Cubs. I feel like the first year, maybe because we played you guys, but after that, uh, I don't, think I, don't I was, know. I don't think I, don't. I was on Twitter and putting videos. Of no, no, you weren't doing Twitter. Yeah. No, you weren't yeah. doing social media stuff for sure. No, well, I don't. Yeah. Maybe I don't think I don't think Cubs fans care as much about the Cardinals not making the playoffs as when the Cardinals make the playoffs. The first thing they do is they run. In Hard the, disagree. And same thing with maybe the White you. Sox. Same thing with the White Sox fans. If they ever when they start they're on the come up once they make the playoffs, Hard they're, they're not going to say how great how, look how great our team is. They're going to say, "Oh, the Cubs still sink. Look nope. at us." Yep, disagree. <laughs> you're, just, you're just looking at the wrong place in the wrong places. Um, that being said, I still do have a debt to pay at some point. I, last year we had a bet. On I'm going I'm to be wearing a car, I'm going to be wearing a Cardinal jersey because you made the same bet. So you're gonna have to wear cups. Have to wear cardinals. Uh, one one podcast. We're gonna have to take a picture of that uh, to 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 uh, pay the debts. A um, little bit of Cubs news. We'll we'll end uh, this segment with is Madden was fired. What are your thoughts? Don't love it, but I understand it. Um, I don't think he's to blame for all the things. There was a lot of errors with the team, and I, to be honest, I wasn't gung ho about this Cubs team for whatever reason. Uh, and I don't think Joe Madden's the reason for all of the downfall. I think he did a great job of turning the culture around. But um, I feel like Theo and the management team made lots of moves that forced Joe's hand, and he had to play some of the cards he was dealt. And I feel like everybody's criticizing him for his in-game management, but it's always hindsight. And like I've always said, even a year ago, high school coaches know more about baseball and, you know, Little league, you know, it's tough to predict this stuff. Yeah, and I see I've interacted with high school coaches, and you know, they they make different moves, and it always when it turns out good. I remember when Joe came to Chicago, everything that he touched, quote, turned to gold. And now when the Cubs didn't meet their new high expectations, it's all Joe's fault. Yeah. So it's just tough. I mean, he's going to move on probably to the Angels. I think he'll be good. I still think he's one of the best managers in baseball. But maybe we do need somebody to – Just like, a little like, reboot. Like Theo said, we don't need to have all, all of our ties tied to the 2016 Cubs team. Maybe we need to have somebody that's going to give them a different voice. So we'll see. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I, it, it's a tough move to make. I mean, I, I do – I did see Theo's press conference where he said – Joe was the right guy for the job, and he still thinks he's an amazing manager. But yeah, I mean, I understand the new voice. Concept. And, and, and the other thing that always cra- is crazy to me when when managers get hired, everybody's like, "Oh, the manager makes a three game difference." But when all of a sudden you don't meet your expectations, oh, it's all the manager's <laughs> yeah. fault. Right. The manager did all these things. But when the season starts, managers make three games difference. But when you don't meet those expectations, three can turn apparently into fifteen. Yeah. I think managing the clubhouse is just as important as uh, managing the game. And I think, you know, sometimes, whether good or bad, I think that the manager can affect that by how he treats the players from either too strict, not strict enough. I think there's just a fine balance there of, of how he manages the clubhouse versus how he manages in game. So, right. um, yeah. So how about uh, we wrap up that, that segment, and how about we drink some beers? Let's do it. We're going to start off the beer review before we talked about the beer that we're having today. 
fill you guys in. I went to a brewery last weekend up in St. Charles Riverland Brewery. Very nice, huge. Uh, Where's that at in St. Charles? Uh, to be honest, uh, I don't know the roads. I think it's off of... Not downtown. No, Rand- it's like off, it's out west, west of town, maybe off okay. Randall Road. I don't know the exact road. Um, but it's relatively new. It was great. Really good atmosphere. They had 16, I think they had 16 beers on tap. Uh, I think they had, of the 16, they had six New England style IPAs, which are my jam. So of those, we've had quite a few. The ones, if you're going to go, Silt, Doodle Face, Waggy Tails, and River Rascal are all great. Uh, But then they also have, so before we went to that, we went to Penrose Brewery, which is also in St. Charles, and they had like this funk fest where they had, they had like, 90 beers and they were all like sours and just kind of off the off the wall nice random styles of beer so i was getting more sours than i've ever probably had but i would put the sour beer that i had at riverlands the acid rainbow as a part of one of their rainbow series or acid i think it's part of their acid series uh it was fantastic uh, I would recommend that sour beer to anyone, um, and it was one of the first beers that we had there, and it's, it was great. So it was very – I'm not a big sour beer guy either, yeah. but it was awesome. And then our number one caller, Kess, he also tells me that the stouts are fantastic. So all I the way around, I great I can't brewery. wait to, to check that out. Yeah. Uh, what are they, is it like – they have any music or anything like that, food? Uh, you can bring your own food. They have some – you know, just typical – they have games that you can play. So you pick yeah. up a couple decks of cards. Um, but it was a like I said, like they had 16 beers on tap. It's a big brewery. Um, nice. Tom said that besides more downtown Chicago, this is his second favorite brewery. Really? Yeah. Wow. And it's new, so I mean, I'd go highly recommend it. Go check it out. I definitely will be doing that. I want to go there pretty bad now. It sounds great. Uh, what with the, with the sour? What flavor was it? Uh, it tasted like a I don't know what all was, you in, know it. was it, in it. Okay. It tasted like a. a like a like a gummy worm it was okay it was it was like a candy nice it was good all right so the beer we're gonna do today is called uh 90 pound hammer it's from prairie street brewing in rockford illinois uh it's a rye whiskey barrel aged barley wine uh, I think we've done one other barley wine maybe no there's a barley wine on uh the goose island beers yeah i think we did did we do that yeah i think we might have done that on here i know we've, we've had it before um so this is a limited release you can't get it all the time um, I've actually been this this beer was actually a, a gift for a wedding. I was in my cousin's wedding, um, so it's probably been aged around six months or so, maybe four four months. Um, but uh, the brewery is it it's a very cool place. They have like wedding venue or wedding area, uh, reception area. They got two different levels for food. They got they're out on the river, so they got docks, uh, and it's in an old. Let's see. Uh, originally was built by Jonathan Peacock in the 19th century, so it's an older building. Uh, Real old. Uh, it, it's a very cool place if you ever get a chance to go check it out in, in Rockford. We- Rockford, not my favorite town, but the brewery is cool. Um, trying to see. Oh, 12%. It's, oh, this is a 12%. Yes, this is a very alcoholic beer. Let's take a sip here. 90-pound hammer. I might not be able to drive home. Woo! That hits you like a 90-pound hammer. <laughs> I guess that's why they call it that. Uh, very, it's actually kind of smooth, though. I, I, it doesn't, it doesn't not, not, sit not with you a whole lot. Yeah. yeah. For being 12%, I'm kind of shocked at that. It's pretty smooth. Yeah, I am shocked. Uh, it's, we'll a get, dark, it's a dark color, like most, most uh, barrel-aged uh, barley wines are. Uh, it's got... It, 
it's kind of it's got a little bit of carbonation to it at all. Do you, you taste that? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, it's got a little bit of carbonation to it. I I really enjoy it. This would go good if you're doing uh, some tastings. You obviously can't drink a bunch of these, but no. Again, let's 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 re- remind our our listeners. We got different categories. We scale it on a five point scale. Yep. We got we got the all day beer, the one and done, the sipper, the beer before the beer, and the four year beer. I remember off all the of top them. of his head. Wow, <laughs> impressive. No, that, that you deserve an award for that. Not even in having them in front of you. That was nice. This is definitely a sipper for me. Uh, we're not drinking it too fast. That's for sure. And I actually really really enjoy it. I'm gonna give this a. This is cracking the forest for me. I'm going to go 4.2. I was right there, too. Uh, I was right about there. I must say 4.1, and it depends on the mood. This is either a sipper if I'm just chilling, or I could imagine if I have a friend coming over before a pregame, before you go out for the night, before you switch to your all-day beer, this could be a beer before the beer. Ah, it could be, yeah. It's light, and I mean, it's drinkable enough that it could be. So Because uh, it's not super heavy. It doesn't no, like yeah, it. it's not that heavy. So I'm going to go beer before the beer. And a 4.1, so the cracks cracks both of the fours for us. And this was the 90-pound hammer uh, with Prairie Brewing from Rockford. How long are we sitting at right now? Gentlemen, favorite number one caller, Cass. Uh, let me tell you something. I heard through the grapevine that you boys were making a strong comeback. And by strong, I mean like Tyler Bench at 385 strong. Um Tyler, can you do that? What is the bench press up to these days? I bet it's rich, though. I bet it's real rich. Um, anyway, so uh, being as you guys are making a comeback, um, we've watched two weeks of the NFL season now, and I need the top five power rankings for the top five teams in the NFL, according to Ball and Beer. Um, and then I would also like your opinion on maybe Adam Benatari. Um he seems like he's maybe uh, lost a little bit of the leg. I think the dude's like 58, still kicking in the NFL. But he's had a couple problems with PATs and hasn't looked great. Is there a chance the Colts cut him this year if he misses? What, what's the over-under on the amount of missed PATs it would take to cut Adam Vinatieri? That's my second part of my question. Anyway, glad you guys are back. I want it strong. I want it opinionated. And, uh, yeah, go. Thanks, Cass. Uh, as you can tell, we were planning on recording a couple weeks ago, but uh, those questions are still relevant, and we're going to just go ahead with our week four after, power rankings after week four going into week five. Uh, thanks, Cass, for always being a loyal listener and calling in and giving us some content to talk about. So, Ty, why don't you tell us? We're going to go. Uh, we each did our own power rankings, so we don't know what they, each other's is, and we're going to start at number one and work up to five. Yeah, because I feel like I feel like we're going to be pretty consistent at the top, and at the bottom would be some points of argument. Yep. So I got to go. I'm going to go with my top two. I'm just going to go Chiefs and Patriots. Both pretty the, obvious. Both the AFC teams have looked great. Um, what is your one two though? Um, I'm going to go Patriots one and Chiefs two. See, I got Chiefs Chiefs topping out the top there because I've never seen a Patriots defense look this good. And I feel like Gronk's coming back in about week twelve, <laughs> week fourteen. If you <laughs> okay. if you agree with Barstool, okay, week fourteen. Um, and the Chiefs, I feel like their offense has been good, but um, I'm worried about their running game. I feel like they've had some injuries back there, and Tyreek Hill's hurt. Um, so you know, everybody loves Patrick Mahomes, but I just don't think the team is as well rounded as the Patriots. 
Uh, the, the Chiefs are a great team. They're going to keep putting up points. I know that uh, Mahomes only had one T- TD in the Dome um, last week against the Lions. Actually, a surprisingly decent Lions team, which is another thing we didn't really touch on in the North. But anyways, moving on. Um, the the Mahomes offense will make magic when magic is needed, and I think that's what's going to carry them this year, and that's why I have them in the top. They do have a little bit of injuries, but the backups have stepped up fine. They got another speed demon on the receiving core that stepped in right and uh, filled Reek's shoes. Um, I don't know. Is it Hardman? Hardman. Uh, and, yeah. And Robinson. And Robinson. And I think – I, while I do agree that this is the best Patriots defense I've seen in quite some time, I still think that the Chiefs outrank them in the power rankings this week uh, going into week five. So we're, I got Chiefs-Patriots. Um, my third is our beloved Bears. Yep. You got them there too? Okay. I was going to put them there just because they should be 4-0. They should be, yeah. And I feel like losing Trubisky sucks, and if if he wasn't hurt, 100% they'd be a strong three, but because he's hurt, they're a shaky three. When you see this defense, how they've played this year, the stamina they've had, the depth they've had, have, Roquan back, I mean, it's hard not even putting them in that top two, honestly, for me. I think they are that good. I think we are a Super Bowl contending team this year, even with Trubisky out, just because of how good that defense is. I mean, I know it's kind of boring that we're agreeing, but that's that's facts. Well, my, my next, my fourth is going to shock the nation. Uh, I'm going to go with the other only undefeated team in the NFL, which do you know who that might be? We're going, we're going with the 49ers. They're 3-0. They had a week four bye. Uh, Jimmy G's been great. They got the running game going with Brita and Mostert, and Tevin Coleman's coming back. Uh, so until we're talking about power, <laughs> wow. we're, we're, talking, wow. we're talking about power. Rankings, I don't care. Not, not where we think they're going to finish. But if you're undefeated, you got to be at the top of the power rankings. <sighs> Who they played though? You know, I don't have that information. That's right like, now. that's like the Bills were three and zero before they played the Patriots this weekend. Did you have them in the top ten even of power rankings? I mean, come on, give me a break. I I can see I can see the Niners being in the top ten of power rankings, but to have them at four is absolutely ludicrous. Hang on, they've beaten the Steelers, terrible. The, the Bengals, terrible. And the Bucks, terrible. They're not terrible. Gosh, they, they, give me they, a break. The only yeah, they're undefeated three and zero. They're they're number four. Okay, so my number four is our my hated rival, the Packers. Uh, as we talked about earlier, their defense is great too. Um, man, you know, or the North Division is stacked, but um, yeah, Rodgers is healthy. Uh, I don't think their receiving core is quite as good as it could be, so I think that is a bit of a hindrance to them. Um, but still, I think with that defense. Rogers, they're they slide into that number four spot uh, for me. Uh, so my fifth, my fifth spot, I'm gonna have to go with the New Orleans Saints. They are three and one, uh, just because the only team they did lose to was the Rams. They're twenty seven and nine. But if we're talking about the NFC, I want to put a couple more NFC teams in there. And I feel like Drew Brees went down. He's gonna be, come back due to some crazy technology. Uh, but their roster is just loaded with. Kamara and Michael Thomas um, and their defense, and I got to give them some credit because they got uh, the the home crowd and they play their their not, ne- next. Actually, they only got one of their next two games at home. Not so fast. We're talking about. I'm using your argument against you now. We're talking about power rankings right now. We're not talking about the next season. The okay. Rest of the season, Drew Brees may come back. 
right now you got to put the Eagles above the Saints in that fifth spot. The Eagles are playing some the ball Eagles right are now. Terrible. They're two and two. They should be at least in the top ten. I got them in my fifth spot this week. They Carson are two Wentz and two. Has been awful. Wentz has not been great, but they do have a lot of weapons on offense. I think that their defense is pretty good. They're right there. I know they've have they've lost two games this year, but they've been two tough, hard fought games. Um, I don't know. I think that I think that Carson Wentz throwing for 160 yards this week was not good. But I still think they are. They have the talent to be in the top five power rankings right now. Honorable mentions for me, I'm going to go with the Rams and the Packers. And I would say the Bills, but Jared Goff or uh, uh, Jared Josh Allen left the game with an injury. So I'm going. Uh, those are my five. So I got Patriots, Saints. I got the uh, Bears, the 49ers, and. Uh, the fifth team. I'm drawing a blank on who I had. Saints. The Saints. Yeah. So I got I got the Chiefs, Patriots, Bears, Packers, Saint or Eagles, and the Saints a close second, and also the Seahawks. I got up there too. So I think they're they're itching to get in the top five after this week. Um, Kess, hopefully uh, you liked that. Not as spirited as I'm sure you would have liked, but it's tough in week four. I think that. Uh, um, we have some accurate things there. I definitely like mine better than ties, but whatever. Um, Vinatieri, I think that's probably a case close thing now. It looks like he's going to stay the whole year. And he's going to retire before he gets Yeah. Uh, I thought he might have retired the way he was talking, listening to Pat McAfee and all that stuff. It seemed like he was leaning towards retirement, you know, because he thought he was a hindrance to his team. Because uh, he, Pat said he always said if he couldn't do it anymore, he would just quit. Uh, but it looks like he got it out. He's found it again. So I, I think he's here for here to stay for the year. Uh, any closing thoughts, Ty? Oh, we got to get to we gotta, Just real we quick. A, we'll do Illini. Yeah, a quick Illini. Um, it's kind of interesting. Uh, we I, Like you said earlier, you pulled the sheet and From we're talking year. about last year. And uh, we were talking about who was on – on visits at this time last year. Shwebe, Tim, and Kofi were all on visits, and we're like, all, when was the last time we were in three centers? Yeah. We got one. And we did. Five-star center Cockburn ended up coming. Kofi uh, looks like he's fitting in perfectly. Him and Georgie seem to be really good friends now, which is awesome. Uh, the team seems to be coming together nicely. Underwood had a press conference today at Big Ten uh, media day and he was talking about how it just feels different this year everyone feels they're not as giddy about the unknown i think that was his comment and it makes sense he's like we're still a young team but we have a lot of experience now and we have a lot of talent coming back this everybody year. last year was so new i mean we cut we cleaned house right um i'm drawing a blank on that uh kid that foreign kid that's coming in this Boss year man Ver- Verdonk. Yeah, Verdonk. i think he is going to be a huge huge addition to this team i think he's going to contribute quite a bit but as far as um recruiting goes this not these last week or was it last week or two weeks ago adam miller um, either way this month from between the middle of september and the end of october is huge for illinois we have three adam miller has already had his visit he has he has cut his list down i would say it's pretty much between us and arizona state, arizona state. um We'll see there. I'm not 100% confident in Miller coming. So it's also very crazy that Miller said on his Instagram, he said that he was going to commit in January, 
But then it's also interesting because we're going to talk about Corbello and another guy that moved their visits up. They're visiting soon. And all of a sudden, Adam Miller said he's going to decide soon. So I don't know what to believe. That's true because, you know, maybe he's trying to commit before one of those two commit, or you're thinking, or what? I mean, or he's trying to commit to try to get a bigger one of them fish than any of them, but maybe, you know, same thing. I mean, I have no idea where he's at with the whole process, but if he is going to come to Illinois, it would make sense for him to commit like Io did because Io committed in the fall, and then that really helped out our. We didn't get anyone else until the spring, but we had Io already signed. So I'm sure the staff is trying to push. If we feel like we're good with Miller, hey, sign now so that we can use this to help us get better players to surround you. Yeah. But if you wait until the spring, and again, the staff is always going to push for them to commit. But if you wait, we might not have the guys that you want around you to, in your class. Yeah, that's true. And we have signed a decent, a decent big man. He's actually a forward, uh, three-star Coleman Hawkins. He's kind of a skinny, lanky, athletic dude. Uh, yeah, just to talk about that, I'm, I'm a little. I like Coleman Hawkins, but Austin Hutcherson's a D3 person. I'm excited about him just from the videos I've seen. And then Jacob Grand, uh, Grandison's going to be a. Uh, uh, he's going to sit out this year, but then he's got two to play. Like. Oh, he does have two to play. He's got two to play. Okay. So uh, the last guys that we've got are Hutchison, Grandison, that are both sitting out this year, but they get to play two. Then we got Kofi, who's coming in as a freshman. He gets to play. Bossman Verdonk, he's got four years to play. And then Jermaine Hamlin. So of those, like, I mean, Kofi's clearly the prize possession. Right. But maybe Bossman Verdonk or someone else is going to turn out to be the next Georgie. I think uh, he's going to be, honestly. I hope. I mean, he looks pretty good. and But he also was limited eating to play a whole lot in Italy because he was hurt. So Yeah. Uh, but uh, Kofi and Andres Feliz didn't even get to make the trip to Italy because of visa issues either. But a little nugget on the Adam Miller recruitment. He posted his picture in the Illinois jersey on um, Instagram, and Kendrick Nunn said, that'll be a no for me, dog. Kendrick hates he Illinois. He is a big-time Illinois hater. Uh, so, yeah, I, th- I think that um, I do believe we'll get one of the three top 100 guards. That, so, like you said, Adam Miller – Andre Corbello, KK Robinson. I I think Andre Corbello is the wild card there. I think that would be pretty pretty good get if we don't get he's, Miller. He's t- he's tight with. Uh, um, I can see his face, but I can't say his name. Uh, one of our uh, Antigua. He's close with Antigua. Oh, yeah. But we've getting. I love that we're getting players from all over the all over the world, really. And I think this season we're gonna have to go through our wins and losses like we did last year. We were wildly off. I think this year is gonna be great. I'm excited for it, and uh, we will continue to keep you guys posted with the recruiting news as the uh, recruiting season is in full effect right now. Yep, and not a whole lot to talk about on the football side. It's in shambles. Do you want to fire love it? Yes or no? At this point, I mean, I don't know. Uh, we got yes it. or no hot takes. Yes, we got to fire him. He's got to go. I'm sorry. Uh, I wanted to give him this year. The I don't think that he is pulling in the recruits um, by his name, and I thought he would be a good defensive coach. And we have talent on our defense. We have some beasts on defense, and the defense is trash. So. He's got to go. There's no more leeway here. He's done after this year. Uh, and I think that's almost a guarantee. Gonna happen. I want, like I said, I want a young coach that can relate and that's going to build something and is not just the name, but someone that's going to be eager and be motivated to connect to these kids. We've seen all the NFL coaches. We see in businesses, CEOs and managers, all those are youngers. We're seeing the NFL. The hottest coaches are younger. 
college. Why not get somebody that's younger and that's going to prove it? Find Let's that up-and-comer and, and get him here and let him prove himself in a big 10, should be a power 10 school. Um, you know, we've had Rose Bowls, everything. So let's get – I agree. I was a lovey bandwagon guy, and I was wrong. Hey, I went to my game for the year, and and to see lovey not use timeouts and game manage when we were had a chance to beat Nebraska, you know, our offense, we were up 21-7, and for lovey before halftime we get to about the 50-yard line. He's got two timeouts. So I even use his timeouts and try to get in field goal, field goal position. Tells me that he doesn't care. He's, good. He's And that was to win a game against Nebraska, yeah. which would have been – a program win for Even him. though Nebraska the next week got wiped by Well, they're Nebraska. terrible, but still, it's Nebraska. It's name. Yeah. And so, but yeah, I have no problem admitting I was wrong. Lovey, gone. See ya. Any closing thoughts? That's it. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Uh, give us a call. I don't have it up. 773-357-7201. I'm good with numbers. And we'll, <laughs> uh, we will uh, play, your, play your voicemail next time. It's good to be back. Uh, hopefully, we can try to find a way to do this more consistently now. And if you are interested in 5 a.m. basketball stuff, stay tuned after this. Um, we will have a recording. Thanks, guys. All right. So we have the bonus section of the Ball and Beer Show. We have another 5 a.m. basketball segment for you guys. So um, I was just listening to the championship game uh, from last spring, and it was a pretty good listen. So if you're new to the to the league and you want to hear what the championship week is like, I would encourage you to find that episode and listen to it. And uh, there was a pretty good matchup where the Splash Brothers won in three over Team Bear. Um, and both I have Jim and Alan here with me today. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Fantastic and excited for another season, another go around here, maybe a chance to dethrone somebody a champion. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think uh, everybody, this is just like the start of baseball season. All the teams are excited. We have new rosters, and people are going to be filling each other out. Um, but uh, we're excited to finally get going here. we got a good group of guys. Uh, we got six teams of six people, and I think what, what we're going to do is give a brief overview of all the teams, You know, maybe talk about some of their strengths or weaknesses um, just from – all of our perspectives, and then we're going to kind of go into maybe some matchups uh, coming up here for this Friday, uh, and ones that we're going to kind of keep an eye on, and maybe we'll even give some predictions at the end. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. But I'll turn it over to you guys. Uh, we have Team One here of Steve, Ephraim, Marcus, Keith, uh, Torkelson, and Arbin. So when we're looking at the first team, anything that jumps out to you guys straight away. Uh, size. I mean, um, you know, these guys may not have uh, as much bulk as other teams, but uh, Steve obviously is a good height. And then you have Ephraim, who I believe registers about 6'9", and uh, obviously a good all-round ball player. Has he, has he played any 5M pickup games yet? Uh, he, he's only played a couple of times beforehand, okay. but uh, rumor has it uh, he played overseas, yeah. and you can actually check him out on uh, his own YouTube video if uh, if you want to. Okay. Yeah, when I look at this team, I, I see, so first of all, obviously you have Ephraim and Steve, who are just two actually top-level players. Obviously Steve's the captain, and Ephraim was that first pick of the draft. And so we certainly know what we have there. But we have a, a pair of guys pretty much can do whatever needs to be done in terms of rebounding, in terms of playmaking. Um, Steve's obviously a coach, and, and that's a huge advantage in getting chemistry going on a team. But then you get to the middle of their roster, where you see Marcus and Keith there, those are a couple of very good glue guys. 
There are guys that can do anything to help a team. They can score when needed. They can defend all different types of players. Uh, in addition, their intangibles are off the chart. They, when they, they can set secondary screens. They really can turn a team from good to very good in a hurry. Yeah. And then down toward the end, uh, Tim Torkelson and Arvin both like to handle some point guard duties. Um, Tork seems a bit more accomplished than he's been that I think for much of his life probably. Um, and Tork's like good to like look off pass and things like that. But Arvin's a pretty aggressive type of guard. So aside from that, though, I think they're fairly well rounded. Um, guys, any comments there? Uh, definitely, you know, and, and when you you look at Arvin and, and such, you know, he's he's kind of that spark plug. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you're not sure what you're going to get from him, but you know, if he starts hitting that outside shot, it could be lights out because for his size, he has the strength to really get underneath and move out anybody who will typically be guarding him. Yeah. So that could create a nightmare of a matchup for uh, for just about any team at that level. Yeah, they don't they don't have a guy that you don't have to really guard, which is going to be tough for teams to keep in mind. And uh, I think when I think of this team, we're going to kind of get into some of the names. I I, I think of, I'm, we're going to name this team the Dukies because they got two bigs in Steve and Ephraim. Uh, Duke always has big guys. Steve is more of an old school big. Ephraim, from what I hear, is you know more of a new school. And he was the number one pick. Duke just had the number one pick in Zion Williamson. So great comparison there. And then you got Marcus, Keith, and, and Tim. Uh, those guys remind me of just typical uh, Duke guys. Uh, John Shire, Grant Hill, Steve Wojciechowski. Um, I think those guys all fill those roles like Jim had said. They're going to be great do-whatever-you-need-them-to-do guys. And then you got Arben, uh, who I compare to Christian Leitner or Grayson Allen of Duke. That's why so many people either love or hate uh, Duke is for their polarizing players. And I think uh, Arben has that going for him and that sort of reputation early in his career, very competitive, and will mix it up with both his own teammates and the people that he's going against. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how that team uh, plays out into the season. And one more dynamic I want to add. So with Steve being the great passer out of the post or in the perimeter, wherever he happens to be, he's a dynamic passer. And then uh, with Torque being a high-level passer as well, Marcus and Keith are very good at cutting. Um, slashing, if a defender goes off of them or if they screen and they roll, they should get many opportunities because defenses are going to be very concerned with Steve and Ephraim. And so the ability of Marcus and Keith to cut are going to make like, their lives and offense a lot easier than very easy baskets. I agree. I agree. And, and you know what, we, we talk, when we look at these teams, we talk very often about offense and because of the intelligence, uh, the basketball IQ level of a team like this. But uh, I don't want to uh, misrepresent how good they can be defensively as well. Uh, Marcus and Keith do a great job of guarding and not Helping. just one-on-one, -on -one, but help guarding too. So that's going to create some nightmares for teams as well. For sure. Sure, very, very solid team, great drafting. Uh, in, anything on that team, picks that surprised you, or you guys think uh, overall just, you know, you guys are kind of the handicappers of the league. How would you, what would you, what would your draft grade be for this team? I don't see a spot in which they picked a player they shouldn't have. I think when Steve picked this team, he understood as a coach how to put building blocks together. And so he made sure he put guys that were the best possible team element guys, especially in those middle rounds with Marcus and Keith. 
Um, we may have had guys that might have been taller or guys that might have been faster. Not that there are guys that did so many in that in that group, but those two, they completely fit what Steve seemed to be doing in piecing a team together. All right. Well, maybe I, I don't need to compare Steve to an old school big, but maybe we should call him Coach K of the league. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of letters there. Yeah. Cool. Uh, any, anything else for you guys on Team One? No, I, I think, uh, we, once again, the, the intelligence level, I think Jim hit it on the head. Um, the, the only thing I would say that could possibly create a little bit of a challenge for him, and I don't see it consistently happening, is a lot of the teams have a third player who's of good size, uh, not necessarily height-wise, but of, uh, of bulkness, and so that might be able to create a little bit of a problem, but... Once again, Marcus and Keith are very accomplished defenders, and I'm sure they're going to be using all of their skills to yeah. minimize and, that and challenge. And the only other thing I could say is I don't know who's going to guard uh, Josh or, or Greg. It'll be interesting to see who draws those matchups for that team. Absolutely. All right. Well, we played them last week, and Ephraim guarded. Ephraim did a lot of the guarding. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, one last thing. Arvin's going to get fired up here. Arvin's going to be listening to this podcast, <laughs> and we have to mention he was the last pick in the draft. <laughs> I, again, I, I I was shocked, and I don't think it I don't think it has anything to do with talent wise. I th- I feel like the, the his downfall is you don't know what he's going to say, and that rubs some people wrong sometimes. And I feel like you know I I love his competitiveness, and he just I think if he finds a way to internalize that and not come down on his teammates, this team is going to be probably in the championship game and, and probably the favorite, but it's going to be interesting if there's any uh, decisiveness or any uh, of the old Kardashian uh, team from last year <laughs> and drama. So we'll see what happens. I was biting my lip waiting to say that because I know I coined the Kardashian. <laughs> he got in a fight last year. And, and honestly, I think Chris was the team before him. And I think, if I was him, I'm correct, Chris was the team he was on. Yeah. When that um, Kardashian specific. All right, we'll move on. And the, yeah, yeah. yeah, there was a little bit of infighting t- uh, this morning in a Wednesday pickup league, but mm-hmm. we'll save that for another podcast. So, team <laughs> two, uh, we got uh, Chris Drennan, Hamley, Ryan Davis, John Bede, uh, Tyler, Jay, and Bill. Thoughts on strengths and weaknesses of this team? Go ahead, Alan. Well, I, I think r- right away, and uh, you're going to see this uh, consistently, but the top two players here, Chris Drennan, um, he didn't play in the league last season, but he did play in the season before uh, championship then, so he's got the pedigree there. And, uh, you know, he can basically do everything. He's quick. He's a great ball handler. He many times will take on the uh, best player on the other team. Um, and so he, and his height, too, helps him quite a bit. That length is always difficult to handle. And then speaking of length, we've got Pat Hanley. Pat Hanley is just going to be one of those players that I think in another couple of weeks you're going to kind of see the old Pat. And um, talk about basketball IQ, the ability of him to grab rebounds, set people up on breakouts, as well as uh, shoot from 8 to 10 feet behind the arc and make it. Um, that's, That's always a positive right there. This team, though, has exceptional size uh, as you go down. Um, Jim, I'll let you comment on that because you're used to uh, clogging up bigs and taking yeah. uh, taking them on with a screen or two. What, what do you think about their size? Man, that's all I got left in the tank is taking people on size. I can't move. <laughs> um, when, I see, when I see John Mead in the fourth round, 
Like, that's almost like football players playing in Denver, getting used <laughs> to the skin in the air. But it looked like John was getting used to five game, and then all of a sudden, like, after he played for a while, he clicked in, and he really started playing to his, you know, his talent level. And, and so I think this low draft pick may have to do with the fact that players didn't remember or notice that he made a fast improvement in the second half of last season. Absolutely. So they got to steal. Yeah, they got to steal in that fourth round because John can defend. Um, John can do some work in the low block area. And it was a fourth round pick. Yeah, that, that's a fantastic piece that will help them defensively. It's going to give some teams some real fits when they're trying to decide what to do to stop the big players on that team. Yeah, and we got and then we got Tyler J, who's I've only seen play once, and I think he's going to give them some more energy. You know, I, I feel like he's more of a bin a bin type of mold of a player. Uh, so I feel like they went on back to back picks. I think they're going to be good. And then you got Bill, uh, who is always a wild card, but is good. It can be good in sports, and somehow he still sneakily gets some baskets when you least expect it. Yeah, what I like about Bill is if a player leaves him. He's very smart to just go to the basket. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and he doesn't miss those layoffs when he's there. And, and that's huge for a team that, that's going to try to double off of him. He makes him pay for it. And that's the whole rule when somebody doubles you. You make him pay, then you won. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Uh, before we run off of this team, uh, you know what? We, we kind of skipped over uh, the the second-round pick, if you will, and that, that being Davis. Uh I think he's going for five or six in a row right now for championship. Five or six in a row? Yeah. Five wow, or six I, in a I, row. He's been flying under the radar. I know he has he, won a couple, but five a, or six. Absolutely. And I think Davis, uh, it, he kind of changed his way over the past year and a half or so. The podcast it, brought it, the most out of him. Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> but um, you know, he, he's gotten more intelligent. You know, when he first started playing, it seemed like he felt like he had to carry most teams. Mm-hmm. And I think when he settles down, which he has done, um, he's letting the game come to him a little bit more. So you're seeing him make a few more three-pointers, and uh, he's another guy that uh, you got to respect his driving ability. Yeah, for sure. And I think Ryan showed really improved conditioning between – like when I saw him out earlier this year, I think his conditioning is better than I've seen in a while. And I think that's huge. Um, and I, I know it's very difficult, you know, um, again, 5 a.m. and responsibilities outside of basketball, but he really made, you know, a, a leap in his, in his conditioning. And that's going to be huge for that team because when Ryan is at the top of his game, not just can he be a deadly spot-up shooter or drive USA, but he also can be very advantageous defensively. For sure. Well, we're going to give this team a name. I know we, we're going to go ahead and name these guys the Mavericks. I feel like Chris Drennan's filling the Dirk Nowitzki role on this team. Uh, he's going to be a leader, a, a scorer. Uh, he's got great footwork. He can score from anywhere, uh, inside and out. So he's going to be Dirk. And then uh, you got Pat Hanley as the number two overall pick, and I see him as a Jason Kidd-type mold, a bigger-bodied guard, someone that can score when he needs to, and he also is a great passer. Um, and then you got... Then you got Ryan Davis as as their number three pick, and I, I see him. I know these, all these guys were on the same team at the same time, but he's going to be Steve Nash, but in the opposite version. He's already won his championships, and he's coming to the Mavericks to lead these other two guys to a championship uh, this year. So I see him being Steve Nash, and then we got Eric Dampier as John Mead, a big body, <laughs> someone that you guys said is going to kind of clock up the lane. Yeah, 
So I, 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 I'll stop there. I don't know who Tyler J is going to compare to, but I'm going to say Bill. Bill can either be Rick Carlisle, the coach, or he's going to be Dirk when he comes back in a few years and unretires, and uh, that's going to be Bill rounding out the Mavericks. Uh, I like it. Very that's good call it. on that. Excellent. All right, moving on to Team 3. And we got Matt, Norin, John Carrera, Jake Ritter, John DeLacazar, Ben Nugent, and Brian Bazan. So also strength. known as the sheriff. The sheriff for you 5 a.m. rookies. <laughs> uh, first impressions on this team is obviously John Carrera can light up a scoreboard. But a lot of teams have a defender that could make it a little difficult for John to light up that scoreboard. And I don't see another player on that team who is a very assertive scorer. Mm-hmm. That's my first impression and concern for this team. Then thoughts? I agree. I agree. I think Jake and John both can score. Uh, depending on – they're going to have to score more than they probably they're, they're used to. But, again, I think we also have to think about – this 5 a.m. league, and we've lost some other scores. We lost uh, Kevin Jomont. We lost Saylor. We've lost some scores. So I think some of these other guys that maybe haven't had to score a whole lot are going to be finding this, themselves with the ball more in their hands. We're going to have to see who who takes those steps forward. But you know, can't leave John. He can get hot. And same thing with Jake. He's been playing quite a bit of basketball, and he can put the ball in the bucket. But again, probably not a they're probably not dominant scores. But I think they can score when asked to. And certainly when you have somebody like the sheriff on your squad, and, and, I mean, and Bazan, yeah. you, you know, the, the thing with him is I uh, haven't guarded him as much as I have. You, you fall asleep on him. I like playing with sheriff. I, I mean, he, yeah. he, he, he's quiet and, you know, he's moving around from spot to spot. And then you, just when you kind of fall asleep on him, and sometimes that's because, you know, you, you take a couple steps into uh, to double team somebody that might be driving to the lane, it gets kicked out to him. And he's just burned you for three. And he'll do that two in a row. Then you get on him, and he just kind of lulls you to sleep again. And all of a sudden, he'll hit you again. Right. Now, I have no dispute with what both of you gentlemen said. What I think beyond Carrara is that I don't think they have a player who can create his own shot consistently. Right. And so if a team can have a defender who can make John struggle, I think that's where I see the offensive issue. Yes, it is. In a, it, when you compartmentalize things, yes, each of these guys, when they're set up and the rhythm and they're open, and they doubled off them. But if nobody, the teams choose not to double off a of John, I think they're really going to struggle to score. You need to, you need to, that's why you need to get some screens to be set, right? Right, Jim? You're, you're right, you are correct. <laughs> and then, but I look at this roster, this doesn't look like a group that, that um, are, are people who primarily look to screen. I think fundamentally Ben looks to rebound he has a good concept of screening but I, I think Brian John and Jake I, I think that they're they would be better as shooters but I don't think their their primary goal is to come out and look the screen okay yeah no, I have to agree with that um I, Jake will be able to do it I don't know how consistent he'll be able to do it though I, I think the other thing um when I look at a lot of these teams Jake is going to have to do it against a player that is probably equal to his size or maybe even a little bit bigger. And so uh, uh, the consistency could possibly be a problem for him. I don't, we don't have a team name for these guys, so we're going to have to come. We're going to have to figure something out. But uh, anything from that conversation team name-wise that 
that sticks out to you guys? Or we just want to let we want to let some of the season go on because I feel like some of the best team names came in season last year. They definitely did. If there's going to be a name, it has to be something along the lines of um, these guys aren't creators. I don't know if there's a name we got to come up with on that. <laughs> what the methodicals? Yeah. yeah, I was thinking I couldn't get the word, but something along that line. Yeah, the isolationists. <laughs> <laughs> The loners. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You, you know, um, it, and you know, as we've said, you know, overall we're looking at this team and we're sitting at uh, saying that it doesn't seem like overall in the long haul that they're going to really hold up as well as some of the other teams. But, um, you know, Matt's a big guy too. And we've seen when Matt gets determined, the inside is his domain. So, um, you know, they'll still hurt you without a doubt. So, you know, we don't... No team I think you can fall asleep on, but, uh, you know, you should definitely keep your eyes open, especially if you feel like you're going to have an easy victory. You're probably going to find yourself yeah. in a whole lot of trouble. No, I, I hate Garden Mats. I hate Garden Matt <laughs> in the 5M League. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it just depends on how, how they come together. And I think that's one of the one of the things that you can't predict is how the people will play together because I think we've all played in the 5M League long enough that sometimes when teams get divvied up, you think one team's going to have an advantage. But... When the game gets played, the team that maybe when the when the teams are d- divided up, uh, the team that everybody thought was going to win doesn't because they didn't play good team basketball. So I think uh, now I got to one last foul on this team though. All right. Um, defensive defensive concerns aside from Matt. Matt's obviously a dominant defender, and I don't know that they have one other defender who can shut down a decent scorer type of player. Right. I think and it really been the secondary scorer. I don't think they have a guy that could slow down a secondary score. And so along those lines, I think the size then is going to hamper them because you look at this team and you're sitting there going, well, size-wise it might not seem too bad uh, when you look at Matt, Jake, and Ben, but when you compare it to many of the other teams, you have um, probably a matchup in about the third spot um, that's going to create some issues for them. So uh, Team D is going to be huge for them. For sure. Okay, let's, let's move on to, to Team 4. Uh, Greg, uh, Bear, Mike Adomski, Timbo, Brad Bywater, Jim, and Rob. Uh, I guess we'll let Alan lead off, and what is, what is his original thoughts on this team? Well, I, I got to tell you, if we were a year ago, I'd look at it and go, yeah, this team makes sense. Uh-huh. I'm looking at it now. And I'm sitting there looking at their last pick. I'm scratching my head going, that looks like it was a steal. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rob has just been filling up it, filling up the bucket from three-point range. He's gotten much better at finishing on his drives. Mm-hmm. Um, to get him in the last round, I mean, that, that's, that's phenomenal. I, I really feel like that's a, a great pickup. Um, snaking back up to the top. Obviously, we don't need to talk too much about Bear. Playoff Bear. Playoff Bear. Uh, you, you know, when it comes time to playoffs and making the championship game, he, he's very consistent at that. So a lot of people like riding those coattails. Gadamsey is going to be an interesting uh, situation there. Uh, tall, he seems to be shooting better. Jim, you can speak to that, certainly. But um, his length is really nice. It's going to be a matter of how well he holds up because he is a thinner body compared to most people his size. Um, And and as we go down to Tim, Brad, and and you, Jim, um, 
this team is kind of similar to Team 1 in the sense that the basketball IQ on this team is really strong. And uh, just as far as getting each other open, um, Tim Bow nonstop movement. I mean, he may not be the fastest guy, but he keeps moving, moving, moving until he gets open. Uh, and very smart player as far as when to take his shots. Brad, when he gets hot, I mean, you know, he, he's got a great little turnaround. Yeah, another another team drafted by a coach, you can tell. So, Jim, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so, I mean, first of all, I totally understand Bayer's I understand Bayer's pick of Mike, and it was, it was the very first pick he had. Absolutely. Um, because he is an elite defender. Um, and I know I speak highly of both you, Tyler, and your brother, Matt, in terms of being elite defenders. Mm-hmm. I don't think Mike is much behind you guys. Um, yet he doesn't crash the passing lanes like you guys, and certainly you guys have that um, freakish athleticism in that area, which I don't see many people ever have. But Mike is a combination, although now is that he might look a little smaller, but he is a very strong individual. I tried to body him up when I played against him in the past, and he is actually one of the more difficult players I've had to deal with. He is very strong, and I've already seen him like lock down some really good offensive players who are bigs. Right. And um, he rebounds like a beast. He screams. I mean, he at people maybe because they haven't played with him enough. I don't think they realize how high his basketball IQ is as well. So I've become a really big fan of Mike's over the last couple of years. I've seen him play more. Now, um, and as go right ahead. Yes. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. And as you guys said, Tim Bowe coaches mine. He's a coach. Greg's a coach. I've coached. Um, and so, in Rob and Brad, they understand the game very well. Also, so yeah, I think as you guys said, the IQ is one of the biggest factors on the team and also the willingness of people to screen Uh, michael screen tim bow's an amazing screener um i screen and what we'll see here is if people want to play that game and double off with me they probably just iso me and timmy bow on one side of the floor and then tim will just bury whoever decides they want to double off on greg yeah now uh, great you're giving away too much strategy here we're getting now, now, what I'm also thinking here is we talked about Matt's team not having enough size. I don't know if I see a lot of size on this team either. That could be an issue. You are correct. There is not a lot of size. Um, Mike will, when we played last week, Mike did a really nice job on Ephraim. Um, and so when I saw that, I, I don't know that any player is going to dominate Mike. So I think from a size-wise, yes, players are bigger than Mike, but I don't think Mike's going to give anything up. And then whoever a player's, a team's second player is, Greg will defend him. And since Mike will guard the biggest player, then that means Greg will have a favorable matchup defensively with whoever he has. So you are correct, there are size issues. But um, outside of those two, Kenny Bowen and myself will box out whomever's on us, size-wise, won't really matter. Um, Brad's a pretty solid defender, but you're correct in terms of sheer size. No, definitely don't have that G- on that team. Jim, we also we also know, like he says, it's not going to matter if we know. I mean, we all have known the the, the plays that you guys run with the, the with the tap back at the top of the screen, and then the 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 Jim pump fake with the back door. So the team, the rest of the league mates, need to look out for both of those plays when playing Team Four. They're they're a staple in the in the uh, Jim Bear uh, team. 
playbook. <laughs> yes, you are correct, and those are things to look out for. But we have more varied players on the team, um, Brad, Rob, and Timbo. Um, and there are certain things that if players, teams overplay those, we're going to have, with the intelligence on the team, if teams overreact, we're going to be able to take advantage of that with going with some other strategies. Okay. Now, we haven't got to a team name, and I, I'm going to let Alan... I don't know if we're going to leak this out or, or, or what we're going to do here. So, um, you know, we're coming up with some different team names. And, uh, you know, I, I came up with one that I think is probably really uh, apropos, as they say. Uh, so are you sitting for this one? Yes, I am sitting. All right. So, so knowing how, how close you are to the end of your rope here, we want to call your team the final screen. What do you think? <laughs> Well, that's bad yeah, news for the rest of the league, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I definitely have softened my stance on retirement. Okay. Because I feel I feel that's my normal self now. But I certainly will reassess at the end of the season. But if I keep trending in this direction, yeah, I think um, that pneumonia kind of, you know, I, it did, I didn't know I had it. Well, the pneumonia definitely didn't had a positive effect mm-hmm. on your jump shot because a couple weeks ago you were hitting some threes. <laughs> Don't let me do that too often. <laughs> <laughs> but I make those the Well, yeah, I'm sure they were game winners. Yeah, thank you. I was thinking for a team name, something along the lines of coaches, something like the coaches, because we have we do have a lot of guys who either coach or are coaches on the team. Coach, we'll, we'll, but but that wouldn't be a fun name, though. We'll have to think of something, coaches circle or something like that. We'll we'll let you guys yeah. help us finalize that. Coaches circle, okay. All right. All right, two more teams. Uh, we'll go through Team 5. Uh, Josh McNaughton, Nick Rossa, Arnell, which I don't know if I know him, Eric Buck, uh, Brian Tibble, and AJ. So strengths or weaknesses from your guys' perspective. Go ahead, Alan. All right. So first when I look at this, um, height, actually. I mean, th- this team ha- has some decent uh, bulk as far as size goes. Um, Arnell is just uh, – He's just a strong son of a gun, no doubt about it. Um, you know, but overall height can be a, a little bit of a concern here, even though they've got Tibble. Um, the rest of them are not quite that big. Josh, though, certainly has proven that he doesn't care that much about height. Uh, he's got a tenacity about him um, that allows him to shoot from the outside, get in, get rebounds, and uh, drive and score. So... Um, We'll have to see how the rest of them kind of pan out with the with the whole league. Um, you know, Eric has been uh, really, I don't want to say dominant, but he's really <coughs> brought some offense to his game uh, these past couple of weeks. So if he could keep that trending. And, uh, you know, we, we, we spoke about Sheriff. Um, they've got A.J. on this team. And to me, A.J. is actually a little bit better shooter from the outside than the Sheriff is. And uh, so he's one of those guys, once again, you fall asleep on him, and he's going to drop a bunch of threes on you real quick. Yeah, he played, a, he played a couple weeks ago with me and was making all sorts of threes the other week. So, yeah, definitely he usually shoots more threes than, I think, Sheriff's more mid-range. But uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on this team, Jim? I wonder how Josh and Nick are going. 
going to coexist. They both appear to me as point guards. They both do like to take the ball up. I Josh would be you know you know no Nick's a great player. Josh is an ultimate point guard. Um, with I mean he's just a you know a top level player. This par par none. And so now I wonder how the chemistry between those two go because um, I see Nick looking to create, but I think he's going to have to be active more off the ball, and he's going to have to really gain some jet chemistry with Josh. And then I look at the rest of the team, and again, I don't see a player that creates their own scoring opportunity. So Josh could find some floor spacing issues with this team. I don't see guys that um, I. Buck's a very good screener. Uh, Tibble will screen, and when he does, it's great. But I think overall, the team concept of the motion that's going to be going on with Josh's speed, I, I think there's going to be some real chemistry issues here. It'll, it'll be interesting you say that because I know that we probably had these similar concerns or questions with, with Josh and, and John Carrara last year, and they ended up winning the championship. Uh, now, they did have uh, some more size on that team, um, but I think will be interesting because Josh has done that with John. We'll see if, if Nick and Josh can coexist like you guys are concerned about. Well, John and Nick, they're, they're completely different levels of scorer, though. Um, John is that player when he's going offensively, he'll carry a team on his back. So I don't dispute what you're saying, but um, if John is spotting up off the ball and he realized that Josh was the point guard, it wasn't difficult for John to get across court for him to take a pass from Josh. Right. So good, good points, though. But good points, Excellent. well taken. I, I think the wild card on this team is going to be Arnell. Um, I've only seen him play a couple of times. He looks like he can uh, shoot a little bit from the outside. So if he gets it going, uh, the team could go really well. The downside that I've seen from them, though, is Arnell, when he makes a a bucket or or two buckets, he tends to get a little bit shot happy. Now, once again, I didn't see him in the league, so this was pickup when I saw him. But if he can kind of keep things under control... And uh, his ability to really get inside uh, and get the uh, rebounds, and uh, whether it's offensive or defensive, could really help this team. For sure. And now Absolutely. we need to come up. With, we got, we got to we got to come up with a team name for these guys too. So uh, we can either give them one now, or do you want to wait for this team to develop before we name them? What are your thoughts? Anything from you, Jim? I, I think we almost need some development here. I think this. To me, it's not very clear-cut, the identity yet. Okay. That will right. work. La- last team, me, Q, Will, Scott, Allen, and Awas. Um, I know you've been letting Allen go first, but let's get let's get Jim's thoughts on this team before we chime in on our team. Yeah, obviously, and not obviously because you're on the phone call or this, this podcast, <laughs> but um, Tyler, we know what you are. We know that <laughs> the defensive the defensive tenacity and athletic ability bring when you're playing at 80% in league games as opposed to 60% on Wednesdays. <laughs> had to get that in there. Um, very, well, very well we, might have to, we might have to kick it up this yeah. year. We'll see. Yeah, you know, I think there might be some weeks where you have that matchup across. I mean, maybe you got Ephraim or Drennan <laughs> or Bayer, and you might be saying, yeah, maybe we got 90, 95% paying today. Yeah. Um, but, but that ability starting with that, with the stopper on defense, so with Tyler being the defensive stopper on the team, the other players are simply going to need to hold on the court. Box out is going to be huge for them because not only will Tyler limit you know, the opposition's best player, 
but now the other players are going to have to make sure they're getting rebounds when they're forcing some of the lesser players to shoot and potentially miss shots. Alan, comments on the defense? Uh, no, I agree with you 100%. I, I think that the one thing when you look at this team is uh, – there's only one small guy on this team, and that's me, and that's probably a good thing. Um, the, the size we have, um, you know, a little bit in height, but certainly in just bulk, um, I think that's going to be the key from a defensive standpoint to try to keep uh, players as far away from the basket as possible while they're trying to score on us. Now, I think on the offensive side, Tyler, you need to assert yourself more than you have in the past. I think you have relied on being a team player too much. Sometimes the team player has to say, you know what, I'm our best chance at offense. And if you assert yourself that way and make the defense account for you, the other players on the team at that point will benefit. I think it's not a matter of you passing them the ball off the bat and then just seeing what happens. I think you need to look to score and dish off that. You have Allen who's spot up for threes. Scott, who both will go in the post or go outside. Will is a beast in the post, and you'll have opportunities there. And Q can operate from any area of the court. But unless, again, I don't see a real point guard on your team. I don't see somebody that um, is a creator. And so your job is going to be extremely difficult because even though you're center, or because of power forward, I don't know how you refer to yourself. Whichever. (laughs) Yeah, but you you need to be the creator on that team, I think. Okay. And if you do that, the team has the best chance of benefiting. But don't, I think if it doesn't, you're more passive on offense. I think your team's gonna struggle. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think I think conditioning, especially me, Q, Will, we gotta we gotta get round into form. I think we might we might take our lumps early, but I feel like definitely Will hasn't played pickup in a little bit. So I think getting him. Uh, same thing with Q. Q's kind of been spotty. So I think we need some consistency out of, of us three. Uh, just conditioning wise, I think we can do some really good things. I don't I don't want that to be our our downfall. But I definitely agree. I think. Uh, we don't really have a true point guard. I think Q's going to have the ball a lot, but uh, I think I'm going to try to do what you say and kind of facilitate a little bit and uh, to look to score, but also uh, if I can do that, uh, then find some some ways to get other people involved for sure. Now, the other person you haven't talked about is Awas. I don't know if you've seen him, seen him play yet or not, but he was uh, what, my last pick, and I think I've picked him before I think he showed up or maybe right after he showed up for one of the last Fridays or Wednesday pickup games, and he's been impressive so far. He has. He's uh, actually shown a nice ability to shoot from the outside. Uh, he can work defensively against some bigger, uh, bigger opponents and such. Um, I think overall, when you look at our team, and Jim, I agree with you 100%. We don't have necessarily the creative ability of other teams. I think, though, in the way Tyler picked this team, whether intentional or not, I believe that we can actually create a mismatch at some point, uh, one through five, or maybe more likely four or five, where one of those players can go down and, and get in on the post on most of the teams. Right. And so we'd have to really make sure we utilize that in order to keep up with these other teams because, uh, yeah, you don't often have your forward slash center being the uh, creative person at the top, but uh, you look at arguably our two better ball handlers, and that's exactly what we have to do. Yeah, for sure. Cool. I've got nothing to add to that. Yeah, I like uh-huh. it. Cool. Any, Team name. 
Team name, uh, well, could be Treadmill. Um, for <laughs> treadmill, I like that. Or, or the Bomb Beer, B&B, B&B, Team B&B. One of those. We'll have to see how the first week or two go before we decide which one. But I think uh, conditioning is going to be a big big factor in our team's success. Absolutely. Maybe the board men. The board Ooh, men. You, got, you got some rebounders on the team. I like that. I like that. The board. Uh, All right. Who, who says that? A board man gets paid. That's what... Uh, that's what uh, Kawhi Leonard would say. Mm. So, <laughs> yes, <he> excellent. Would. <laughs> cool. Well, I mean, we've been going for a little bit here, so I'll leave it to you guys. We can either call that the podcast, or if you have any matchups from this week that you're really eyeing, maybe one or two that you guys think might swing some things. I know uh, Jim's got the teams that are playing each other, but is there a matchup this week, maybe in your matchup or another's that you want to highlight quickly? If there's one matchup I want to highlight, I want I want it probably sound like Jim I'm in, but I want to see Ephraim against Chris Drennan. That's what I want to see. And I have, I'd love to see the chick. They both are similar in size. Um, both are outstanding basketball players. Both don't have much in the way of weaknesses. It could be a legendary battle there. Is that this week? This week. Me too, yeah. Okay. What what gym it, are we in there? It, that's in the main gym. Okay. Where are we at? We are in the freshman center, oh, so you to, and I will not see that. We're going to have to hear about it. So it, it may be good that we don't see that having to try to handle McNaughton. Uh, yeah. I don't think we need any distractions. Yeah, no. But um, well, I think maybe I've had a couple extra screens so I could stall the action and watch those guys. That <laughs> might not be a bad course of action. Well, ho- hopefully, if you guys are listening, we're going to release this on Thursday. So call to action. We have a lot of four-on-four matchups. We'd love to get as many people there as possible this week. Uh, and moving forward, I think it's always better if we can have at least five or six guys. So if you're not going to make it, please let Alan or one of your teammates know so we can try to find you a sub. But I think we're all looking forward to the 5 a.m. league this uh, this season. And any any predictions, last-minute predictions, if you can't pick your own team, who you guys got winning? Wow. <laughs> can't pick our own team, huh? Nope. I've got to go with the Steven Ephraim squad right now. <laughs> Um, you know what? I I think I'm kind of feeling the Mavericks right now. Um, and, and here's why: I'm a little concerned about Keith. Uh, he had an injury that that uh, led to issues at the end of last season. Already, he was out last week. He's going to be out this week as well. Um, I hope he heals up because if he does, um, that's going to make the team that much stronger. But uh, with with that in mind, um. I'm thinking the Mavericks may uh, may make a really strong push and might be able to slip by them. You know what? I was going to go with Team uh, the Dukies, but I'm going to agree with Ellen and go Team Maverick just because I don't want Team da- Ryan Davis to fly under the radar. Let's put a target squarely on his back, and we're going to say that the Mavericks are the team to beat right now. All right. Some locker room material for uh, Team Bayer right there. He's not going to take that lightly. <laughs> <laughs> no, he will not. And as, and as personal bodyguard, I will speak to that. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks a lot for coming on uh, to the to the 5 a.m. podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you want to be a part of this, uh, let me know, um, and we'll get you on. Or if you have questions, anything 5 a.m. basketball related, we'd love to, to talk about it here moving forward. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right, thanks, man.